Hello and welcome to episode 64 of Inside the WDF with me, Andrew Sinclair. This is a special on-the-road episode of the podcast after a great weekend just gone in Selsey for the England National Singles and the England Open. The first guest on this week's show is the new England Open men's champion and the new WDF world number one, the Riddler, Brian Roman. I am now joined by the newly crowned England Open champion, Brian Roman. Brian, how are you? Feeling amazing, really. It's, I'm full of joy. Um, words can't describe how I feel at the moment. And that final with Ian Jones, you looked just so calm, confident, dominant all the way through. Were you feeling confident up on that stage? Um, after losing the final of the England Nationals, I was really upset with myself because I played poor. So um, I went downstairs talking to my wife, how I felt, and she said, just go up there and enjoy it. And that's what I did during the semi-final and the final. And that's why I played much better than I did in the final against Neil Duff. I mean, you talk about that game with Neil Duff. Very close, very tight. And it seemed like you were sort of speeding up your throw during that game. Was that something you noticed as well? Yeah, um, Neil Duff missed a lot of match starts to make it 5-1 or 5-2, I think it was. Um, And then I took a leg and I was thinking to myself, Brian, you have to do something because you're not playing well enough. And I know when I speed up a little bit, then I play better than I'm doing at that moment. It only works when I play bad, not when I'm playing well. Um, so yeah, that's what I tried. And then the 87 just went on the wire, triple, eight, uh, triple three. So that was a bit unlucky, but fair play to Nildav. He was the better player in that game. Well, I've been very impressed with you this whole weekend. You're just quietly going about your business, playing your games, doing well. Is that been part of your thing? You just want to focus on the games and not, you know, it's not so much about, you know, the socialising or whatever. You've just been focused the whole time. Yeah, the funny part about it is um, my missus get a lot of picture when I'm sitting alone on a table. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm just here to do my job and that's it. I'm not here to make friends or whatever. I'm just here to win a tournament, at least try to win a tournament. And, yeah, that's what I did this weekend as well. That, that's just me. Yeah. And do you think it helped tonight that you were in the semis of both competitions? So it was a long, long, long afternoon evening, but you had four games to play. Do you think that helped you, that you were constantly going? Yeah, it, it really helped me to have the experience from playing the final in the first tournament as well, because I know what I did wrong there. And then to play another semi-final, playing really well against um, Nick Fulwell and then playing the final against Ian was just amazing how I felt and I think the experience on playing for uh, both semi-finals of the tournaments has really helped me. Yeah, and that win guarantees you a spot at Lakeside. What will it mean for you to be able to play on that Lakeside stage? Uh, well, last, last time I out, um, I play, played on the BDO World Championships when it was at the O2 Arena. It wasn't really special because it, it wasn't iconic. Now I'm definitely guaranteed to play at Lakeside. And that feels special because when you're a kid, you dream to play on Lakeside stage and not to play on the O2 arena. So, yeah, it's unbelievable what I've did. <laughs> and you're now the WDF world number one as well, which I'm sure sounds pretty great. Yeah, it sounds amazing. <laughs> I really can't believe it. I never thought about it when I came up to England. So, yeah, I just went to Chelsea now to guarantee play on Lakeside and didn't thought about winning one and getting to world number one. It's just amazing achievement. Your nickname, the Riddler, where does that come from? Yeah, it's um, when I was playing online during the, the COVID the pandemic, pandemic, 
Then um, I was playing a lot of Alliance stuff on uh, Darkstream Live from Australia. And they saw me playing on that and yeah, I go strange ways uh, for finishings. So that's why they gave me the name Riddler because yeah, <laughs> you never know what to expect from me. I saw yesterday you played Lewis Gurney and you were behind, came back, beat him. He didn't take the loss very well, he got quite upset and angry. But then I saw you went up to him later on and you, you said you know, a few nice words to him. What was it you said to him? Well, he's only 17 or 18 years of age and I told him like, to, yeah, to be not too hard for himself because he played really well there. I got really lucky, missed eight match darts, I think. So I got really lucky and then, yeah, that's, that's the kind, kind of games you need to win the tournament. So I just told him to not be too upset because he had a great run. He went to the, uh, to the last 16s at just the age of 18 on one of the biggest tournaments in the world and one of the toughest ones as well. Yeah, he has a great future in front of him. Absolutely. Well, congratulations, Brian, once again. Pleasure to watch you all weekend and I look forward to seeing you again at Lakeside. Thank you. It was great to, to grab a few words with Brian after his win. And to be honest, I could not have been more impressed with the young Belgian across the weekend. He came over with a, a friend and he quietly went about his business throughout both competitions. Yeah, it was a very professional attitude and that was rewarded with a narrow final loss in the, the national singles to Neil Duff and then the England Open win over Ian Jones. I mentioned it in the interview but the way Brian came back against Lewis Gurney and then gave Lewis some encouragement after he'd not taken the defeat so well really impressed me and and stuck with me in a good way. And I think that attitude of Brian's that, you know, this is a job for him, is going to serve him well for the rest of this year. And if he can kind of keep his form up and find a rhythm that he's comfortable with and enjoy the darts, he's going to be a very dangerous man at Lakeside, that's for sure. And also a word on Ian Jones as well, the England Open runner-up. He's a former Welsh Open finalist, did that back in 2002. And he's also played at Lakeside, which was in 2008. He's a very, very decent player, Ian, and I actually chalked one of his games on Friday and I was very impressed with him. He's got a nice throw and I'm always going to have a lot of time for anyone who comes up to Penny Arcade by Roy Orbison. I didn't get a chance to speak with the national singles winner, Neil Duff, during the weekend, but we've since arranged something and he will be on next week's show, so that should be great because he also won the pentathlon on the Thursday, becoming the first Northern Irishman to win the pentathlon in its long established history. Someone who I did grab a few words with though over the weekend was the phenomenal Dieter Hedman who battled through some real adversity during the weekend to beat Fallon Sherrick and then Anastasia de Bromislova to book a return to Lakeside as the England Open champion. Congratulations Dieter, just qualified for Lakeside once again. Talk, talk me through that final with Anna. Looked like a bit of a battle, really. Do you know what? My semi-final against Fallon. Fallon's been playing absolutely tremendous. And in my head, when I knew I had to play Fallon this semi, I just thought, you know what? Just get a few legs. Don't be battered. It's all whenever I play a game of art, because she has been playing awesome. And I just went up there and I just thought nothing right adrenaline right everything if you like and I just thought the person who beats me is me play your darts she gives you thank you honey I thought if you give me a chance I will try and take it you can't complain and to be fair she didn't play like she can 
Yeah, absolutely. She did not play like she can, but uh, I'll take that any day. At the end of the day, you know, a win is a win, so I'll take it. Absolutely. You are WDF world number one anyway. You're going to have a bigger lead now, but this qualifies you automatically for Lakeside. Oh, Lake yes. Is that a relief now with oh, the rest God. of the events for the rest oh, of the year? Oh, it is, it is, because to be fair, I mean, where the points have come across... I was I'm number one and I said to the other half, how the hell. But hey <laughs> so whether I'd win this or not, I still had my chance. So I, I got both bite of the apple if you like. And again Sana, I know what Anna can do. But Anna and I's our game's been like this. And I just thought whoever throw the last star is the winner. And that's all I went up there to do, just hope, to just push and push and yeah. Yeah. I know you've been doing the challenge tour, I know you did the, yeah, the yeah, online league yeah, as yeah. well, but this is the first sort of big WDF oh, competition God, God, yeah, you've yeah, done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Long, long days. How have you found it physically, mentally, everything? Well, I don't know if you've seen on the social media and whatever. I'm not sure whether I've got sciatica or whether I've got, I will need a new hip or whatever it is. But Friday when I played, I played a young lady, and when I came off that hockey, I sat down and cried my eyes out because I was in so much pain. And I had some painkillers which I've been taken. It's been quite good. I didn't play in the fours, and bow obviously, the arthritis and everything else just messed the right up. We didn't play pairs together today, but I had a little turnover with another lady, and that's all I did today, just to try and rest the hip. But when you're up and down, yeah. but other than that, in health-wise, apart from a new <laughs> hip, maybe, I don't know, I'm fine, I'm fine. So how did you feel on the stage then with the hip? Was it, were you able to throw and everything as normal? Yeah, because it's the left one. Yeah. It's yeah. not my leading Lead. leg. So every now and again when I step up, I get a twin because you step up and you forget. Don't step so hard. But other than that, I just yeah. thought... Forget about everything, and I did. I just forgot about everything. I think I need to play with more pain, I think. So, yes, yes. Perfect. Well, yeah, thank you very much. Absolutely quality. Thank you. Cheers, Fanny. Thank you. Thank you. Women's series coming up. Are you worried that the entries are going to be, be low again? You know, it's a funny time with COVID and everything. And where they cancelled Germany, I'll be honest with you, when they said they were having one in Germany, I just thought, what the hell? Because they had the men's series there and so many of the top pro didn't go. So why did they think the women are going to go? And they brought it, but they've clashed it with, one of them is clashed with the Welsh Open. And most of them girls, they forget in their housewives. I know they're trying to get the ladies' game on the board, but most of us are housewives and the younger one are coming through there's not that many of them and where they've all paid for press batting to go to Wales they, they haven't got the money do you know what I mean and some of them in the it's always the ladies game never the men they'll see the likes of Fallon who is playing fantastic Lisa myself Anastasia and all the others who are coming through and they think I haven't got a chance yeah. but that's silly because Dart is on the day but this one is clashed with the Welsh which is going to cause problems it's going to cause problems without a doubt just one thing I've seen Natalie just come up and fist bump me there yesterday you and Natalie played in the quarterfinals and I said to Steve Holmes who I was sat with 
I think that's the first time I've ever seen two female black players playing each other in on a competition. A yeah, we have played before here, but but yeah, yeah. but on this stage, and we are both Jamaicans as well. <laughs> She's a fantastic, fantastic player. It's like a lot of players who are very, very good. Once they get over that hurdle and they win one, the confidence. And I spoke with her a few times and yesterday we had a little chat and she's got the game. She really has got the game. It's believing in herself and learning to control that nerve. And believe you me, it takes time. Because even now, I get days where I get on the hockey and I'm a bag of nerves. I'm thinking, what the hell? But, you know, it's, it's once they win one, then the confidence will come and then they'll just... Well, congratulations once again Thank and you best so of luck much. for the rest of the year. Thank awesome. you, my darling. Listening to Dita talk about the pain she was in and actually seeing it in person during the weekend makes her achievements on Sunday and really the, the comfort with which she won the final in the end all the more special for me. She showed some something that not a lot of people will have seen, maybe don't know. She showed some real class on Saturday as well and you'd expect nothing less of her, you know, a woman of her standing and reputation. But she was playing Natalie Gilbert in the quarterfinals of the England Open just before their game, Natalie had a phone call and she had some difficult personal circumstances that she had to deal with. And Dita just said, look, let's just delay the game and we'll play it when you're ready. And eventually they did. And, you know, Natalie gave a really great account of herself before ultimately losing. But as I tweeted out over the weekend, in a sport like darts that, as far as I've always seen it, has always really lacked diversity. It was great to see two black British women up on that stage playing each other in the England Open quarterfinals and the more events Natalie can come to I think she's going to be another player who's going to be one to keep an eye on over the, the coming months and years. The other ranked singles winner of the weekend was Fallon Sherrick who won the national singles uh, and the youth titles went to Paige Pauling for the girls and Luke Littler for the boys. In terms of my experiences of the weekend, I had an absolutely brilliant time. Before I talk about, you know, playing and all that kind of stuff, I just want to say an enormous thank you to Steve Holmes at the Big Five Sports Management Group for putting me up for the weekend, basically chauffeuring me around all weekend. It wasn't just me, you know, it was me and Wayne Warren, but Steve was absolutely brilliant all weekend and uh, it was nice to be there having a chat with him, spending some time with him and being there for his first sort of solo win as a manager. It was a really nice moment for him and nice to share that as well. Um, and also, I actually shared a caravan for the weekend with uh, Wayne, Warren as, Wayne Warren and his family as well as Steve. Uh, and I can certainly say it's not every weekend you get to share a caravan with a world champion and have a world champion sing good morning to you when you get up a little bit worse aware at quarter past eight on a Saturday morning. Over the course of the weekend, I got to see a lot of things, really. But, I mean, one of them was how the management process works with players. With the Challenge Tour, Celsi and his day job, it was basically 18 days of work on the spin for Steve. And, basically, they're on the go all the time. They might not be actively doing something at a moment in time. They might just be standing there, but they're watching, working out what board their player is on, working out when their player is on. And, you know, some of those competitions over the weekend, it was frantic. There was lots of calling over the microphone in the room. Sometimes it was very hard to follow where you were. But Steve was on it all the time, walking around, making sure Wayne had got everything he needed, Dita had got everything she needed. You know, 
it was so hot on the Friday, Wayne was really struggling for grip, was very warm, very sweaty. Steve went and got, grabbed him a towel, got him the towel, Wayne was ready to play, had the towel there, and I think made a difference in that game, which he actually won, before going out in the next round to Reese Hayden. But it's a really, it's a gruelling job and it's very long days. Just, it's an incredible commitment, but Steve did a phenomenal job all weekend and it was really interesting to just watch how it all works, really, and be part of that process in, in a little way. I mean, I learned a lot over the course of the weekend, uh, heard some stories. Uh, some of them are repeatable, some of them are very much not repeatable. Uh, that's half the fun, though, really. I was introduced to the Des Jacklin horse braiding video, which if you don't know what that is, please ask me because it's well worth a couple of minutes of your time. I got told stories by Tony O'Shea that he can't, he hasn't been allowed by his publishers to include in his upcoming book. Uh, I got to catch up with friends of the show like John Scott, Gary Stafford, Jim McEwen, Ryan Hogarth, who I played in the National Singles on Friday. I know I joked before the weekend that the game of Ryan was going to go dreadfully. I didn't play particularly well, average between 40-45. I know I can play better than that. Uh, and in the last leg, when I was 3-0 down and I'd already kind of lost the game in a way, probably played my best starts, hit a ton, hit an 80, hit a 60 after that. So there was some consistency towards the end of the game. But yeah, a great experience to play Ryan and a lovely lad as well. Really nice afterwards. Chatted with him a couple of times during the weekend. Got a chat with Dave Parletti as well. He was cheering me on. I got to meet Ros Bulmer, who's absolutely lovely. Uh, Craig Venman, again, lovely bloke. Gary Robson, it's great value for a laugh. I also got to meet in person for the first time the team ref team. Well, it was the whole ref team without Marco Meyer, but yeah, lovely to meet in person. Anthony Dundas, Charlie Corstafine, Nick Rolls and Richard Ashdown. Just really nice to talk to them, catch up with them in person. Uh, and Richard was one of two people during the weekend that uh, commented on my voice being recognisable. The first was with Steve in the car on the way down when he's concentrating on the road and I was talking to him about something and he said to me, you know what, not looking at you, looking at the road, but hearing your voice, it's just like listening to one of your podcasts. I hope that's a compliment. Uh, and then Richard, I was chatting with some people, Richard was chatting to some people, heard my voice and was like, oh, hello there. We had a lovely chat after that. Yeah, so that was great. I got to experience the, the Embassy Club. Lovely evening watching a Michael Bublé impersonator. Thoroughly enjoyed that. And yeah, just, just had a great time. I loved the venue, the White Horse venue that the, the tournaments were played in. The heat on Friday was incredibly oppressive. It really was. Um, it was a lot better on Saturday, it must be said. And I think the events flowed a lot better on Saturday as well. But yeah, I mean, as part of that, I just got to see how much work goes into that with the running of events. You know, those England officials don't get paid anything. It's all voluntary work. And a lot of them are older people, but just putting an incredible amount of effort all week with the setup, with the organisation. And yeah, there's going to be things that people can say they can improve. And maybe there are, but they put in a tremendous amount of work and they do deserve credit for what, you know, what they've done and across the weekend and yeah, as far as I'm concerned, I had a great time and they deserve a tremendous amount of credit. And one of those England officials got to meet lovely Paul James, really nice guy. Although Paul did seem to always think I was up to something, uh, which I like to be a man of mystery. So I'll take that as a bonus. I mean, there are a lot of people as well, you know, not just Paul. I got to talk to Tommy Thompson. 
I mean, other players as well. Someone came up to me after one of my game after my game with Ryan and said, "You know, you're, you're throwing a twenty-two gram. You probably should be throwing a twenty-six gram because you've got a good throw, but your darts you're having to put too much effort in, or you know they're not flying." He gave me his twenty-six grams, and they flew a lot better. Don't, I genuinely don't know who the bloke was, but it was some really good advice, and I've ordered myself a set of twenty-six grams to to practice with in the coming weeks. Got to chat with Adrian Heathcote as well, someone who'd interacted with me on Twitter. I uh, got to chat with him, really nice bloke, kind of gave him a bit of a pep talk before my game of Ryan, just, you know, never write yourself off, always have confidence in yourself, um, and maybe I didn't believe it wholeheartedly, but it was just really nice to have someone say that and, you know, put a face to a name, so yeah, all in all, an absolutely brilliant weekend, had a wonderful time, and look forward to doing that, maybe the Dutch Open next year, just lovely time, and would recommend it to anyone interested to kind of draw back the curtain and see how those events work. Another lovely person I got to meet as well was recent guest on the show, the Gibraltar Open champion Gavin Smith. Um, he was playing on the board, I think it was the board next to me or the board I was on after I was. We had a really nice chat and he came up to me and was like, guess what, mate? Of all the draws I could have got in all the competitions, he drew his son. And that was actually one of two father-son games that I saw take place over the weekend because there was a Richard Perry played Dan Perry as well on the Saturday. But yeah, Gavin was really nice, lovely to speak to him, really nice guy and kind of came up to me a couple of times during the weekend to be on an atta, which was great. But yeah, I'm sure I've missed out a few people, but genuinely like a really, really great experience. And just, yeah, dark players are really nice people. You know, there will be the odd person who's maybe not so welcoming or you know, not so nice or whatever, but the vast majority of them are warm, friendly, nice people and really got to see that over the weekend. And it was, I'm always reticent to say this after the last 18 months, but it genuinely felt like we were getting some normality back and it was lovely to enjoy that and lovely to just feel part of it. So let's hope we can do it again moving forward. There were also two events in Russia this past weekend. Uh, Roman Ubikov did the double in the men's and the ladies' titles were split between Elena Shulgina and Natalia Alexandrova. Uh, and then this coming weekend, there is the first Australian event in 18 months completely with the North Queensland Classic, which is a silver-graded event. Uh, great to see Australia getting back up and running again in some capacity. Be back with another episode next week. A couple of other things in the pipeline as well, which should be very exciting. But great weekend in Celsi, and I'll see you next time.